Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. Tonight we have Haley and Lauren joining us. What's up, ladies? How are you? What's going on? I'm pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, ca- I can't complain. It is a very chilly Saturday night right before Super Bowl Sunday. Expecting a lot of snow here in Massachusetts, as I'm sure you're aware, Lauren. Uh, the same cannot be said for Haley. Uh, not not uh, expecting any snow there in Texas. No, um, I think it was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. We were in the 80s here in Texas, um, but it is supposed to be, I think, in the 20s next week. So pray for me there. Um, although my trip to Chicago is coming up really, really fast. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to die of like hypothermia over there. It was 64 degrees in my house last night and I thought like the world was ending. So. Yeah, that's wow. 64. That's, that's balmy. Uh, that's very balmy over here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well, we, we hope you get through it, Hills. Uh, so stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the hockey world since the last time we all got together. And so without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening face-off. So Haley, Lauren, either of you have a good opening face-off for us tonight? Anything that's on your mind, uh, since the last time we all got together? I just want the Flyers to know that the fact that they can't beat the Bruins is really disappointing. Um, still love you. I also love the Bruins, but not happy that you can't ever beat them. Like, just one game. Just give me one at this point. But I'm happy for my friends here who are Bruins fans. So a little bit of a a love-hate thing going on with the Flyers in that aspect. Yeah, to this point. Oh, go ahead, Lauren. So they still got four more games, so they could could easily win. Hopefully at least one. (laughs) No, I have no hope in those games. To this point, the Flyers are 7-1. and in all games that they don't play the Bruins. Like, they are world beaters. They're uh, beating everyone on their schedule. Uh, it's simply the Bruins that are have been their kryptonite to this point. And there was actually a cool stat that I think it was NHL Public Relations uh, shared this morning. Actually, no, it was John Butchigross, who's basically NHL Public Relations. Uh, he, one of the only people at ESPN who acknowledges that hockey exists, and we love him for that. Uh, he said that uh, Tuka Rask is actually 15-1-3 against the Flyers since the start of 2014. Uh, so, uh, you know, everyone knows that I'm a big Tuca guy. So but I blame him for this then, basically. Cor- correct, correct. Okay, okay. okay. So, um, Rask, by the way, just let a few in next game. Thanks. Uh, Lauren, how about yourself? Do you have a uh, opening face-off for us this evening? Um, I don't think so, honestly. I know we have a lot to talk about, so I don't want to start going on a rant now but I will say that when Pasternak came back my fiance and I made a bet that he would score 50 goals and if he scores 50 goals I have to buy him a jersey like a Pasternak jersey <laughs> I was like it's not gonna happen and now he's got like seven goals or some six goals and like, and I was like oh dear like <laughs> this this might be bad for me making bets during hockey season has not worked out for me very well although I eventually did get a cat it was not because the, the Flyers let me down in that. It was not because of hockey. Um, so my advice is to not make bets over hockey at this point. You got me when I was like a couple glasses of wine deep. And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Anything. What he, was like, doing. he knew woke, what he was doing. I woke up the next morning. I was like, no, there's absolutely no way. And then 
it's not looking good for me. It's still early. I mean, obviously, I want him to score 50 goals, but for my wallet's sake, I don't want him to score 50 goals. I mean, what's yours is his, right? I mean, it's technically, uh, you could use his money to buy his, his jersey. I could. We do have a joint bank account now. Hmm. There you go. You're I mean, don't, don't listen. Mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> Mind your business. I mean, uh, David Poster, I mean, he missed the first seven games of the season. So if he were to score 50 goals in 49 games, that is one of the most impressive things of all time. I think that would be worth the investment. I really do. Oh, yeah, 100%. He has a jersey already, but and a, I bought him a Bergeron jersey for his birthday like two years ago. So I guess we should just add to the collection if it happens. Exactly. When, when it happens. Let's be optimistic. Um, actually, speaking of jerseys, so we did announce at the end of our last episode that uh, Jeremy Bartlett uh, was the winner of our uh, Snipe and Selly giveaway. Uh, congratulations to Jeremy. And I just wanted to share this because this was – this was uh, this was pretty awesome. So uh, Jeremy actually requested a jersey that uh, did not exist, uh, but we were able to find a way to make it happen. We were able to to have this jersey custom made, uh, and we've ordered it for him. I can't wait for him to get it. Uh, but uh, Jeremy uh, is fairly close um, in proximity to Haley. Uh, they're uh, they're both uh, living in Texas. Uh, Jeremy is actually married to uh, one of our FTF media members, Carly. And we, he is a supporter of the Dallas Stars, our Dallas Stars, that we reverse jinx so close to a, a cup victory. And being someone who works often with uh, mascots, he actually wanted the jersey worn by the Dallas Stars mascot, which is Victor, uh, middle initial E, green. So, said fast, Victory Green. Uh, and, uh, and so this Jersey did not exist, but we were, we found a way to get it custom made. So we're super, super excited, uh, to have that Jersey. We're hoping that it gets in his hands soon. Uh, and we're going to be doing more giveaways here at, uh, Snipe and Selly. So definitely stay tuned for the next one. You, uh, everyone who's listening, we, we appreciate you. We love you. You need to answer the Snipe and Selly, uh, Selly trivia questions. You answer these trivia questions, you get more entries, People who are answering these questions are winning. I mean, it's a, it's a fact. Um, and on that note, actually, we did want to make a, a brief announcement right before we dove into our coast-to-coast uh, -coast news segment. FTF Media is under some new management. Actually, Haley and myself are going to be uh, managing and running the day-to-day -day operations of FTF Media moving forward. We're very excited about that. We're excited to continue to expand the content that we put out. And we appreciate your support, but in the meantime, and if you're listening to this episode, you probably had to, to go through some hoops to find us, and that's what we wanted to talk about. Uh, we are uh, in the middle of switching distributors, so you probably heard this episode on Spotify. We are going to be back up on Apple and Google Play and Stitcher and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts soon enough, but uh, you're going to need to search for us specifically, search Snipe and Selly. Uh, in order to find us on uh, any of these uh, listening platforms. And we really appreciate your support in finding us uh, in our new location as we make this switch. But uh, we should be up and running on all platforms soon. And again, we just appreciate your support as always. Uh, Haley, did you want to uh, add any words? 
Um, just that, you know, make sure that you're subscribed to ForTheFansMedia.com and um, find our new For The Fans Media Twitter page. Those are going to be major outlets to keep up to date with us, uh, this podcast and other ones. We're very, very, very excited to see, you know, what else we can do with podcasts like this one, Snipe and Sellies biased here but one of one of the best so I'm, I'm really happy that we can continue to just make it better and better very well said very well said so that's enough housekeeping uh let's get into the action on the ice and well actually one of the first things that we're going to be talking about is action uh not on the ice action that was in the locker room and the runway leading from the ice to the locker room uh if you are a you know a passionate hockey fan you probably know what we're about to address right off the top. And uh, it's been, it, I think this story broke like right after we recorded our last episode. So it's been a little bit, but it's still relevant. And that is the uh, very bizarre case of Tony D'Angelo and the New York Rangers. I am not someone, I, I don't talk about politics on social media. I think that it never really ends well. Uh, so I don't want to address Tony D'Angelo's politics. Uh, if you follow him on social media, you're probably well aware of what they are. Uh, but Tony D'Angelo as a person has had uh, somewhat of a very checkered past. In addition to his uh, you know, political leanings, uh, he has, both him and his father, have uh, been, you know, have admitted to using some, uh, some terms and, or phrases that are not okay, um, you know, bordering on uh, insensitive or intolerant. He has uh, bounced around a few different teams, Tony D'Angelo, uh, in, you know, for a young defenseman. Uh, he's been on three teams, uh, three organizations, could be entering a fourth soon enough. And the bottom line is that, in case you did not see this story, if you're a hockey fan who was living under a rock, uh, Tony D'Angelo was cut by the New York Rangers uh, following a, a game last week. It, there was an altercation between him and goaltender Alexander Georgiev uh, in the locker room that resulted in Georgiev uh, punching D'Angelo in the face. And ironically enough, it seems like the situation was diffused by rookie defenseman Keandre Miller, who has had uh, not the greatest introduction to uh, the professional hockey world uh, through Zoom and uh, social media and other uh, other. Uh, avenues uh, in his young career, someone who's uh, had a, a tough time uh, with some small-minded fans. But he was ultimately the peacekeeper. But long story short, it was a very weird situation on Twitter. You heard that D'Angelo was waived. Now, people thought, well, maybe this is because he, despite having a strong uh, offensive output for a defenseman last year, was struggling quite a bit on the defensive end. Maybe the Rangers just wanted to find a way to send him to uh, their taxi squad, uh, or assign him outright to their AHL affiliates. So maybe it was performance-based. We then, news started to trickle in that there was an altercation, uh, which surprised not many people. And then we got the details that it was, in fact, a, a confrontation between uh, Georgiev and Tony D'Angelo. So I've talked enough about this. I want to get the, uh, the insight of my line mates here. Lauren, we'll start with you. What was your reaction to uh, this story, especially uh, with your role in media and knowing how these stories, you, you hear the first bit of news and then you start digging like, okay, what, what, what's behind this? And then we keep getting, getting more and more nuggets about this D'Angelo situation and 
the way that the Rangers kind of defended him for quite a while, and it just got to the point where they could no longer have him on their roster. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think it's unsurprising that it was a snowball effect, essentially, where something came out, and then it was one thing after another, and then another, and another, before it just snowballed into this said altercation. Um, You know, it's really just, you know, politics aside, he's just a crap person, and I've always been one to say, unfortunately, that talent will get you second chances no matter what you do. And it's such an unfortunate thing because we've seen so much crap in the NFL, MLB. We've just seen it. Um, And I don't know if we've ever really dealt with um, someone who's been uh, openly racist. I don't know if we've ever really kind of dealt with someone like that. Um, And so openly and his family, too, or his dad, I shouldn't say his entire family. But his dad is, you know, that video was circulating where he's like, oh, yeah, we say it every day, all the time. And it just becomes like such an unfortunate situation because growing up, Tony D'Angelo probably thought that this was okay. You know, you're watching your dad say this and do these things and you look up to your parents. And if they're doing it and it's okay in their heads, why wouldn't it be okay? And that's what, 25, 26 years of just hearing that it's okay And that's a lot to unlearn if he even wants to unlearn. Who knows? Um, It's just, it it was just so, it was so unsurprising that it was him, that it, that it came to this, that his teammates were fed up and that, that, I mean, I think they've won both their games since they've waived him. So I think that's, I think people underestimate too, just having a, a cancerous person, a toxic person in that locker room, how much it can lift the weight off everybody you know who knows people probably didn't want to cross him they were just like whatever he's a teammate which is not really the best mentality to have but I uh, it's you know we're not in that locker room we're not those people I'm not in their heads so um it's just I'm so glad that if that altercation story is true that he was socked in the face I'm just very very glad because it just sounds like they were all fed up with him and his antics and, you know, it's it's take politics out of it because I just I don't I don't think that really had anything to do with it. It was we have a black teammate. You are a racist. You have said these slurs in the past and you don't really show any signs of changing. So I'm just going to punch you in the face because we're sick of you. <laughs> and I don't blame them. Um, and I do think it says a lot that, you know, maybe the Rangers took a long time to get to get the situation handled. And maybe they should have done something before it escalated to something like this. But. They're doing it now. They told, after Tony D'Angelo cleared waivers, they told him not even to come back. Like, do not come to the rink. We don't want you here. So I think that says a lot, but they may be stuck with him. I don't know if they're going to be able to have a trade. I don't know if someone's going to want to take a chance on him, at least this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where where he lands, if he stays with New York or what happens. But I'm, I don't feel bad for him. It, it's very hard to have any sort of sympathy for him and, I just, I really hope that he is committed to being a better person and he has to want to be able to grow and unlearn all this behavior. And it's not going to be easy, but I hope he wants to do it. And if he doesn't, then screw off respectfully. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the perfect way to, to sum it up, Lauren. And you know, at a time when, I mean, we, we talked about it on the show back during the summer, during the bubble play. When you know we're trying to, you have uh, 
players who are you know trying to promote racial equality inside the sport, uh, trying to promote hockey is for everyone. And when you have a player who is just so opposite of that ideology, it's just it's it's very difficult. And the altercation itself, I think, uh, came from a disagreement on the ice. But when you have someone who has been pushing your buttons, as I'm sure he was for the longest time, the slightest disagreement might make you snap. And if, if D'Angelo was, in fact, uh, arguing with Alexander Georgiev about, uh, you know, uh, I believe there was a miscommunication that led to uh, an overtime, uh, overtime winning goal uh, against them. They, they lost in overtime. And when you dislike someone that much, uh, yeah, yeah, the slightest disagreement, they're going punch, to punch you in the face. And, you know, there's locker room fights or disagreements in pretty much every sport for pretty much every team. But when you're actually bonded like brothers, you know, brothers fight. You eventually you get over it. When you dislike someone to the point where I think a lot of uh, Rangers players dislike Tony D'Angelo, that disagreement's not going to end well. And I think that, you know, although the Rangers acted way too late in in this matter the fact that they did eventually like okay this is at the point we cannot have this person on our roster i think that uh, it's good that they eventually acted but their their inaction prior to this point definitely should not be forgotten um haley i'll ask you do you think that this is a situation where if you're in one of the other you know 30 uh, soon to be 31 but right now just 30 nhl teams even if Tony D'Angelo, who again is a talented offensive-minded defenseman, even if he comes dirt cheap, you know, it will offer you a, a seventh-round pick if that's what the Rangers are willing to take. Do you even want to bring someone like that into your locker room right now, given what just happened? Would I absolutely not? Um, but I was looking it up on my phone here just because I was one of those people living under a rock and didn't know about it. But two days ago, the New York Post put up that the flames were looking into a trade for him um but four hours ago there was let me scroll up here so I make sure i get the right one um there was a couple different websites actually reporting the same thing but one of them that i saw was this one called forever blues which i don't know if that's a risk like a good site to go off of but just off my google search that the Rangers' Jeff Gorton was in no rush to deal with him, willing to buy him out in the offseason. So it looks like, you know, the Rangers at least are at the point where they're like, no, we don't care. Like, we're willing to buy him out. He's not coming back here if somebody else wants him, whatever. But, like, we do not want him, absolutely not, even if we have to buy him out and spend the money. It's kind of disappointing that the Flames might be looking at him in the Flames organization, though, because if he is, like, blatantly that much, like, it's known fact that him and his dad are racist, like, why are you even looking at him? Especially with, like, how far the NHL is starting to come with the past two seasons or three seasons, um, starting to have those conversations and starting to really have a voice in that area like why would you even allow him back in to the nhl so my opinion is nobody should trade for him he should get bought out if that's what has to happen and go on his way to his retirement and do something else yeah i mean uh, at this point most if not all teams are at least a fifth of the way through their season abbreviated season uh you're going to be done in april or may 
keep them away from the team during that time period. You only have a few more months. And, uh, and like you said, you know, there, there are ways to buy out players that, you know, don't hamstring the, the team's salary cap. So deal with it then. Uh, you know, if, I mean, from a business sense, if you do find someone who's willing to give you something for them, uh, by all means do it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that the Rangers should consider, nor do I think they ever will, uh, having him rejoin their roster. I think that this is very permanent. Uh, he will not play another game for them. And, you know, Lauren made a good point. Y- you hope that someone learns from their actions. I just, I think we've seen in this country that a lot of people, uh, the behaviors that they have uh, been brought up with and taught, they don't unlearn it. And uh, it might be, you know, even though he's only 25, 26 years old, it might be too late for Tony D'Angelo to become a more tolerant uh, and decent human being. So, uh, I mean, we've talked about on just the last couple episodes alone, uh, the Mike Babcock situation, um, the uh, you know, situation in Winnipeg uh, where Patrick Line may have been mistreated by teammates. We need to promote inclusive environments, and no one should have to feel that they cannot be. You don't have to be best friends with your teammates. I mean, I, I was on teams growing up that uh, you know I didn't particularly like someone that much. We weren't buddies. But we respected each other enough to be able to you know, coexist in a locker room, uh, pass to each other on the ice, uh, trust each other. If you don't have that trust, if you don't have that basic respect as a human being with another person, I don't see how you can be on a team with them. So yeah, I just, I, I'm not sure there's a future for Tony D'Angelo in the league, even with his, uh, his offensive talent, because it's just... Why would you want to bring someone like that into your culture? Why would you want to potentially – what's that? It's toxic. And you, it just – like Lauren said, it just brings down the rest of the locker room. It's a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, it, is the addition of Tony D'Angelo going to be something that puts you over uh, and as a Stanley Cup champion? No. Not, uh, it really isn't. So why risk alienating you know, 22, 23 other people in that locker room? in order to, to add him. It just doesn't make any sense. The other team, the other, like your players that you're going to be bringing this person into, like you have to trade somebody to bring in Tony D'Angelo. And then it's, do you have to have a conversation with your team beforehand? Like, Hey, we are talking about acquiring Tony D. Like, what, can we just like chill? Can we just be fine with him for a couple months, get into the playoffs or whatever. And then, just figure it out from there. Like that just seems like a whole another obstacle that's not even worth it. Um, yes, he's talented. Yes, as you said, Mark, he does have this offensive production. But I, I would not want someone like that on a team I root for, on a team I play for, on a team I own, or anything like that. It's just, as you said, hockey needs to be inclusive. And if he, he is in Tony D. If he's not willing to accept his black teammates and he's openly racist. That's like a huge, obviously a huge problem. And that shouldn't even be a discussion. It should just be like, I don't, I don't know if a team is that desperate. And if they are, I don't even know what team it would be. Like, I don't know a team. So right now, offensive production. I just, I don't know. I, the Rangers need that, but it's like, they don't, obviously they, they're they don't want him anymore. They don't want, they want nothing to do with him. Um, I could go on about this forever just because it's like, it's so, it's a long time coming and I'm just so happy that it's, it's finally, I mean, it's a lo- 
it's probably far from done, but I'm happy that this chapter of it is done and that, you know, whatever, he can say whatever he wants, he can do whatever he wants, it's whatever we want. I would like to see an actual apology from him and then seeing like productive steps for him to better himself, kind of rid himself of how he grew up and how toxic he is and just work toward being a better person. Like, like I said, it's not going to take a day or week or even a month. It's going to take years and it's going to take years of proving that you are a better person. Like he's not just going to come back next year and be like, I'm a new person. And then he's going to retire in 10 years and just go back to his old ways. So I, like I said, I really do hope that he wants to be a better person and he can commit to being somebody who's not racist and somebody who just accepts people for who they are. Like that's, that's it. Like, Nobody can do anything about the color of their skin, but you can do everything in your power to make sure that you make them feel included. And Tony D just doesn't want to do that. I could not sum it up any more perfect than that. Uh, absolutely, Lauren. And again, you know, I'm not a vindictive person. Uh, so I, I really genuinely do hope that Tony D'Angelo can make changes in his life, see the error of his ways. I am not going to hold my breath, but I hope that he's able to, uh, to realize the error of his ways, maybe losing a lucrative, uh, very rewarding NHL playing career potentially could do that, uh, you know, could help him you know, see the light. Uh, I hope that's the case. Before we move on, it just, it would not be a Tony D'Angelo discussion without bringing up the social media activity. And I'm not talking about, uh, his normal social media activity, which uh, was heavily rooted in his political views. Again, we're not going to get into politics, but what we do want to talk about is what virtually everyone, uh, and there's been some great Twitter sleuths who have uh, you know, provided a lot of evidence uh, to this cause. I want to talk about the very uh, suspected Tony D'Angelo burner account on Twitter, uh, because Tony D'Angelo did leave Twitter, uh, um, you know, over his political views as uh, some form of self-protest. He uh, deactivated his verified uh, Twitter account uh, in the weeks following the uh, 2020 election. And an account surfaced sometime, I want to say it was late December, early January is when people started to notice his account. It was one of those accounts where... uh, uh, a name and then like a bunch of numbers, which is the way that Twitter just randomly assigns uh, a handle when you first sign up for something. If your name's not specific enough, it'll be like, yeah, here's uh, Haley 00734756, uh, just a, a random set of numbers. This one was NYR fan uh, and then just like a bunch of numbers as well. I forget the exact handle, um, but it was basically a New York Rangers logo with a NYR fan, bunch of numbers. And it started tweeting incessantly about Tony D'Angelo coming out very vocal in, uh, in support of Tony D'Angelo, his play on the ice, him as a person. And this is not an uncommon thread. I mean, we saw the, uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers a few years back, uh, very prominent, uh, G, uh, GM, uh, Jerry Colangelo had a, um, uh, not Jerry, I'm sorry, his son, uh, the Brian Colangelo, uh, had a burner account where he was trashing his own players. Uh, <laughs> we we see athletes start burners all the time. Kevin Durant uh, in the NBA, very prominent burner account guy. But now he just 
tweets all of his thoughts from his regular account. Respect, Kevin. Uh, but basically, it became very obvious based on the behavior of this account that like everyone's like, okay, this is definitely D'Angelo from a burner account. Some people were able to find that uh, in a, you know around the same time that the Rangers were visiting Pittsburgh to, to play the Penguins back-to-back nights, this account uh, they geotagged it and it was tweeting from Pittsburgh. Uh, there was, uh, as, as Lauren brought up in our pre-show discussion, uh, someone who DM'd uh, the account saying, oh yeah, Tony, I heard you were being uh, traded. And instead of uh, denying that he was Tony, he's like, where did you hear this? Uh, so it seems very obvious that this is Tony D'Angelo. And I, I, you know, both Haley and Lauren, I'd love to get your thoughts quickly on, uh, have you been keeping up with some of these tweets and just how hilarious do you find this whole situation? I mean, he couldn't be more obvious that it is Tony. And if it's not, then Tony knows who this person is. Um, I went down the rabbit hole of just that Twitter account recently. I think after that thread came out of the person who DM'd them and was like, hey, you're going to get traded to the Canucks. And he's like, my agent hasn't said anything. Oh, I'm not Tony, by the way. Like, (laughs) I think that was my favorite part about the whole thing. And I mean, listen, I'm sure he's not the only athlete to have a burner account. But unless you're Kevin Durant, like you're not making it very obvious. So I don't know if he thought he was being sneaky. I think his first mistake was making it like a Rangers fan fanboy account, essentially. Um, and then, like you said, the people were geotagging it. it. It wasn't tweeting during Rangers games. And it's like, if you want to have a burner account that's specifically sticking up for one player, you need to have a friend or somebody who's going to tweet during games. Like, see, that's why Tony D isn't a problem. Or like, see, like, Tony is really on the end or whatever like you need to not clearly there was not enough thought going into this um it it's just hilarious because it's so painful like it's painfully obvious it's either him or somebody he's like telling to run this account um but i mean it makes for great entertainment in a time where we really need some entertainment um and i do think if this is tony d'angelo it's only a matter of time before something slips, like whether it's political, unfortunately, racially motivated kind of thing. Um, it's only, or unless he just doesn't keep his location, keeps his location on. And it's like, people just keep figuring out where he is. They find the IP address or whatever. I mean, nobody is safe on the internet. You Like there are people out there who will go to extreme lengths to dox people, to find your location. And I think it's, I mean, if you don't believe it's Tony D., I don't know what to tell you. Like, there is just overwhelming evidence that it is him. Yeah, I mean, it's I I definitely toyed with the theory at one point that it was someone who was just like a random person who was very obviously trying to make it seem like one, uh, just so it would get a ton of followers, and then the person could rebrand the account with a ton of followers. Uh, you know, I, I, I know people who do that. Uh, so I, I thought maybe that could be it at, uh, at some point, but yeah, it's just gotten to the point where like, yeah, it's definitely him. Uh, Haley, uh, th- have you gone down the rabbit hole as well? Uh, have you found these tweets kind of funny? Do you just think it's obvious or is it possible that it is someone, uh, a regular person just trying to uh, get some clout? I mean, that's always an option, right? Because people, you just never know. You just never know who it is. Maybe it's his dad. We have no idea. Like, but if it's his obvious, that would be a twist, right? It's a twist. It's really his dad, you guys. Uh, but I feel like all the evidence that you guys have stated, and I haven't gone down the rabbit hole, but I might now. 
after this episode. Um, all the evidence that you guys have stated sounds like there really can't be anybody else. I mean, the fact that it like doesn't tweet during the games and it tweets from the locations where he's currently at. I mean, I don't think it can get more obvious than that. And then just being like, oh, it's not me, guys. It's not convincing enough. Sorry. But I haven't I haven't been down the rabbit hole, so I'll just have to take your guys' word for it. It's just uh, if you if you just Google it, uh, even without uh, searching on Twitter, uh, like just Googling it, they there's a lot of accounts that will just give you like some screenshots, like the greatest hits. Uh, you, you can get a Cliff Notes version very easily. So I, I definitely recommend it uh, if you need a, a quick laugh. Uh, but that's enough about Tony D'Angelo. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, I wish we were moving on to better news, but unfortunately, we are not. We've spent the last several episodes talking about uh, the NWHL. Uh, Lauren has been covering the league uh, for a while now, and she was fantastic in educating all of us uh, about the league. Uh, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know it uh, through both, uh, you know, Lauren's insight as well as watching games for myself, uh, immersing myself in the streaming experience. It's been uh, a lot of fun. It's a great product, and unfortunately. Uh, we're not going to be able to see more of it. This weekend was supposed to be the semifinals and finals of the Isabel Cup. Uh, it was going to be broadcast on NBC Sports Network. Uh, it was going to be a great opportunity to get some more uh, some more viewers, some more fans. And unfortunately, due to health and safety concerns, a lot positive COVID tests for several of the of the players uh, and, and and coaches involved. The league has suspended bubble play uh, right before. The final, uh, the, the semifinals, and actually, the field was whittled down from six to uh, to five, and then to four teams because of uh, other teams having positive tests in the bubble. Which you had to think that was going to be a possibility. Uh, these teams are obviously playing each other, uh, so eventually, it just got to the point where it was not safe to continue bubble play, and it, it's unfortunate. But as Lauren has pointed out to us, uh, these women have day jobs, uh, so them risking potentially getting sick and going home to uh, to their families and loved ones uh, and not being able to work their regular day job, what pays the bills, uh, just uh, you know, just to win a couple hockey games, it, it was not worth it for them. The, the, the risks did not outweigh uh, the, the reward. So or the, <laughs> the risks do outweigh the rewards, I'm sorry. Uh, so it's, it's very disappointing. Uh, I did note, and Lauren, uh, in our Snipe and Sally chat, she took note of this as well. They did say suspended. Play was suspended, not canceled. So I do hold out some hope that the NWHL could find a, you know, a, an alternate site, even if it's not in the Lake Placid bubble again, uh, you know, after weeks of clean tests, uh, test results from everyone involved, find a way to play these semifinal and final matchups uh, and and declare an Isabel Cup champion. I hope that they're able to do that. But in the meantime, it was definitely in the best interest of the players and their families to suspend play. But Lauren, I wanted to, to go to you first and get your thoughts because uh, you know this was this was really disappointing news. Yeah, I was super bummed when the news broke because I mean it was already really exciting, and then it was getting really more intense before the playoffs even started because it went from six to four teams, and everyone was fighting for a chance at the Isabel Cup now. And then, unfortunately, you know, COVID did take over and they had to get out of there. And they acted fast, but 
it's it's really unfortunate because it's really hard to tell these women to, you know, quarantine for two weeks before or, you know, quarantine for two weeks when we get there. That's a lot of time for them to take off of work and they may not have been able to get that much time. You know, I don't know what every single does or if they're even, you know, if there's even that kind of paid time off, if they even get paid time off. It was a huge, huge bummer. Um, and it's just really unfortunate because, you know, the playoffs were going to be on NBC. It was huge, huge for them. And I couldn't be more bummed. I was just, like I said, really bummed when I heard the news. Your heart hurts for these women because they put so much into hockey. Like I said, they left their homes, they left their jobs. Some are working from the bubble still. And now the ones who do have COVID or have been exposed to COVID, they may have to take even more time off work now because they have to make sure that they either recover or they test negative. So it's just, it's a big mess right now for the ones who do have COVID. Hopefully everyone recovers and that they're asymptomatic and they just recover fully. Hopefully they can play these games. It's still, you know, this season was going to be condensed anyway. So hopefully they can maybe figure something out within a month or so, maybe even in the summer. I just really hope they don't come out and cancel everything again because I just think a Boston Pride are just going to be so incredibly angry two years in a row that COVID kind of derails their plans. And it's just like, you know, you can't, especially for the NWHL, you can't really do a bubble all season, um, like a regular, like a full season, not just a condensed season, because this isn't what pays their bills. So I think they have a lot to think about. I think they have a lot to go over and see what is possible and what isn't. Um, I'm holding out hope too. Um, I'll be honest, my hopes aren't super high just because it's, it's COVID and it just ruins everything. We can't have nice things during COVID. And we've seen, you know, kind of COVID take over the NBA and the NHL right now. So um, I am holding out hope because that's me. I get my hopes incredibly high, but you know, it's like I said, I, I'm just bummed. It just, there's no other way to put it. It's just so unfortunate all around. It really is. It's just the league, as we covered in our last episode, was growing so much in popularity. Viewership was going way up. Uh, they just inked a great sponsorship deal with Discover. Uh, so everything was trending in the right direction for the league. And that growth isn't going to go away. Uh, you know, they're the fans that they gained during this bubble play are still going to remain fans, but it's just, there was an opportunity, especially with these semifinals and finals matchups uh, supposed to be on NBCSN for them to make even more progress. And that has been derailed a little bit. So, uh, you do hope that, uh, when the league does resume, whether they are able to make up, uh, the semifinal and final matchups, or if it's just, uh, when they start their new season, hopefully in, you know, calmer times uh, with more people vaccinated, uh, that they're able to continue to build on what they did. Uh, they did still accomplish a lot in this bubble. And I think that really needs to be highlighted. Uh, Haley, I know that you were in the process of trying to narrow down or, or finally select uh, who your NWHL team was going to be. I know that you were going to see if you could uh, squeeze in a game over this weekend uh, without being on TV. So uh, how bummed are you? Uh, you know, just... What are your thoughts? And did you end up selecting a team? Uh, you know, let our listeners know. So I'm super bummed because I really wanted to see it like on TV and, you know, I want to become like a super fan because I'm, I'm just so stoked for them and for these ladies for just 
working their butts off to get it to what it is now and, you know, just paving the way for future stars as well. My goal was to root for Boston during this part and then select a team after that um, because it's just so hard to select teams without even watching them play. I feel like, you know, I want to feel connected to a team uh, like I do with uh, my other favorite sports teams. So I haven't really selected one yet because I don't want to go based on a mascot entirely or based on the area where they're at. I want to watch some games first and now I can't. (laughs) So I'm extremely disappointed, um, but I am happy that, you know, they're not being put at risk at the same time. Like it's, it's important that they take their health and stuff into consideration. It just really sucks. And it really, really, really sucks for those players who, like Lauren said, they put their all, like everything they have on that ice and for COVID to keep messing stuff up for them. It just, it's, you know, it breaks their hearts. I'm sure it breaks our hearts for them. And I want to be hopeful too, but you know, we're about a full year into COVID about to be a full year since the shutdown. And does it really seem like things are getting that much better? So I want to have hope that they might get to finish out this, but at the same time, like, when is that going to be, you know, Hopefully they can get back into a bubble maybe and finish these games just so that they can actually play these games and have a champion and be on TV so that fans like me can enjoy their play. And by next season, I'm ready to select a team and, and be buy a jersey and be that super fan. But we just need COVID to allow these games to happen. Yeah, uh, listen, Haley, you're you are destined to become a Boston Pride super fan. Uh, I, I I'm going to speak it into existence. This is a Boston Pride podcast. Uh, we are already. I mean, I can't have Boston being your second favorite team in both uh, pro <laughs> hockey leagues. Uh, so I, I think this is destined to happen. Uh, you will become a Boston Pride super fan. I'm just speaking it into existence. I mean, Boston is my favorite in football. It's not just Boston, it's New England. But you know what I'm saying, like the area. So there is, it's it's number one in one of the sports at least. But I'll keep that in mind. I mean, you have multiple favorites from Philadelphia. So I, I think this <laughs> provides you some balance, uh, having multiple favorites from, from uh, the New true. England area. Y'all yeah, will be the first to know when I make my decision. Perfect, yeah. All right. We, we'll let the listeners know, first and foremost. I know, I know that they're sitting on pins and needles waiting to hear. I wish that we didn't have to talk about another COVID-related topic before we got into the action on the ice. Uh, and we won't spend too much time on it, but I just we need to address this because this makes no sense. Uh, so to this point, there have been multiple NHL teams that have had their seasons paused uh, or suspended due to COVID. I mean, you had the... Dallas Stars that uh, basically had an extra two weeks. They, they didn't even start their season uh, for you know an extra week and a half or so uh, into it. And to this point, uh, you have the New Jersey Devils, Buffalo Sabres, Minnesota Wild, and Colorado Avalanche, Lawrence Colorado Avalanche, all with their seasons paused at the moment uh, for at least the next week or so as they look to uh, you know comply with health and safety protocols and make sure that, uh, that players... Uh, through contact tracing, are clean. They have negative results. And the NHL, in the wake of this, has decided to loosen 
their COVID protocols, uh, which state that uh, you know teams, players, uh, coaching staff uh, should not be in the arena uh, of play. Uh, basically, saying that you know they should be arriving about an hour and forty-five minutes uh, before game time. Now, as someone who uh, worked in an NHL franchise for a little bit, my time with the Islanders. To all of our listeners who uh, recall that little nugget. Uh, I know that uh, between team staff and actual players, uh, for a 7 p.m. game, pretty much everyone's getting there at noon. Uh, like players are getting there very early, staff's getting there very early. So this is a big change for a lot of them. And I guess a lot of players were complaining about this. And so the NHL, despite the fact that we have you know four or five teams that have paused their season, others who have uh, resumed but were paused at one point, uh, having you know COVID shutdowns, they're deciding, hey, we're going to allow players and staff to arrive to the arenas earlier in the day. Again, I know that players have routines, but these are just not normal times. I, I just feel like this is a really bad idea, and Lauren and Haley, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I mean, do you think that this is going to lead to more COVID chaos in the NHL? Yeah, I think so, because at the end of the day, they're all still pretty much together. Um, it doesn't matter if you're with somebody, you know, an hour before the game or three hours before the game. You're still in contact with them. So I I feel like this is kind of like a panic move in a way that they just, the NHL just kind of was like, we'll throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. We'll just see what we're going to do. Um, you know, I know they removed the glass behind, which which looks really cool. But at the same time, you know, it's I don't really think that it really does anything. And I'm no doctor. I'm no scientist. I don't study diseases, viruses, anything like that. But it just seems like it wouldn't do as much as they're hoping it will. Um, I think it's only a matter of time until every team kind of faces an outbreak, like the Stars, the Avs, the Sabres. I think it's, you know, and what can you really do? You know, they're traveling. They... They're all together at some point. Um, I get it. You have these protocols away from the ice. But again, the players are in the locker rooms. They are on the ice together. They're not distanced on that bench. So it's just, I think it's just, let's see what we can do. Let's see how much we can do without A, pausing the season, and B, before we have to be incredibly strict. And like, you guys cannot do a damn thing outside of this rank. Like, you go home. You go to the rink, that's it, which I think that's pretty much how it is now, but it's you can only control so much when they're not at the rink. But I think it's recipe for disaster, um, but I'm not surprised. I think it's we're about three weeks now into the season, and it's basically the same timeline as the NBA. Yeah, uh, I think you summed that up perfectly. The NBA is experiencing very similar... I mean, Kevin Durant was held out of a game, then allowed to play the game, and then pulled from the game, all in the span of like an hour and a half uh, la uh, last night uh, from when we are recording. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get any more batshit than that. Uh, so uh, I don't think the NHL will get to that point where Joe Thornton is uh, undergoing COVID testing, plays a period, and then uh, is like, oh, actually, you might not be safe. You may have just exposed, uh, you know, 40 people to uh, a virus. Uh, but we'll just pull you out now, or it'll, it'll be fine. Uh, Haley, just very quickly, what you know? Do you think this is going to lead to more shutdowns? Do you, uh, you know, what do you think about this decision in general? It just seems very counterintuitive. 
Yeah, I, I feel like they were very strict in the bubble, and they were one of the well, they were the top sport to actually keep COVID out in a bubble. And obviously, they're not in a bubble anymore. But I just thought that they were more conscious about COVID and what type of policies they have in place to help keep COVID out of like the hockey season. So it's a little weird, but like Lauren said, not surprising. I feel like people are just ready to get back to normal. And so they're going to start making decisions that probably aren't the best because it has been almost a year since the shutdown. And I feel like people are just getting antsy. You know, you have all these players complaining about it and stuff. I feel like no matter what they do, they're going to have outbreaks of COVID because they're not in a bubble. You know, the whatever policies they put in place, like, yeah, that's great. Or, you know, they make stupid decisions. Either way, we're going to see outbreaks at this point, but they just need to make decisions to try to prevent that as well. Like, don't make it easier for these outbreaks to happen. That's just, it just doesn't make sense. It's just going in the opposite way at this point. Yeah, uh, it's, you just hope that, uh, just, you know, hope against hope uh, that uh, that we don't have a, a massive shutdown, another season suspension. Uh, so, and you just hope the players can remain safe. Because again, uh, like you said, they're not in a bubble this time and they're going home to their loved ones each day. So uh, it's affecting them as well. So, uh, you know, we're seeing the vast differences between uh, having a controlled environment and having a chaotic one. And uh, right now it's very chaotic. And it's, it's not like this is news to anyone. If you're listening, uh, we're all affected by this on a daily basis. We hate hearing about it, but it's just, it would be ingenuine for us to uh, have a hockey podcast and not address the elephant in the room. And that's the fact that you have some teams that have played 15 games and other teams that have played eight. Uh, very, uh, very odd, very odd times that we're in. And on that note, I actually did want to get to the action on the ice. We've spent about 50 minutes talking about news. Uh, there's been a lot to talk about, but there are still games being played. And we want to talk about the teams that have impressed us, uh, you know, this season, but also just in the, in the time since we last got together, last time we recorded the last week or so, and the teams that are really letting us down and, there's a team that uh, has made me look very bad, and I'll, I will address it. But, uh, Lauren, I want to start with you. You know, Who's really stood out to you in either direction over the last week or so? Yeah, I was going to ask you how your, uh, how your senators are doing <laughs> since last week, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I know you said this last week, Mark, but still the Canadians, um, they are just – I don't, I'll have to go back and check. I don't remember if I even had them making the playoffs this year. Uh, they are obviously doing very well. I believe they're se- second in the North Division. Um, and they're they're playing good hockey. I don't know if it's, they're just a good team. I don't know if it's the division realignment. But they are very much su- surprising me. Um, in, in a good way. K- kind of in a bad way because they're the haves. But in a good way because I like being proved wrong when it comes to these kinds of things. Um, and still, I know I said this last week too, the Bruins are still continuing to surprise me because they are playing from behind constantly. How sustainable that is, I don't know. Uh, I think they need to figure that out pretty quick, but they're finding ways to win. They are winning every third period. They kind of remind me of the Celtics. They have really bad third quarters and then they come alive and they somehow win. And that's the Bruins. It's the second period. I feel like they just... They play good hockey, but it's not 100%. It's not full team hockey. It's just 
one maybe one line is carrying the team, but you know they're they're uh, they're finding ways to win, and I'm not complaining about that at all. Um, and then for teams that have kind of disappointed me, well, I, actually, one more team that surprised me is is the Panthers. They are second in this in the Central Division right now, um, so that just kind of surprised me. But um, this disappointment. Um, I mean, the Senators, they started off really hot. The Flames, too. I, I had them winning the North Division. So, uh, still a lot of hockey left to be played. But right now, the Flames are making me look silly. And the Bruins are making me happy. So it's, I'd rather be happy than sad. So, I'm, I'm happy that the Bruins are, are, are winning out there and just finding ways to win. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Bruins and... Uh updated after the last game they played of court. Unfortunately, the Bruins had, they were scheduled to play uh, back-to-back games against the uh, Buffalo Sabres this weekend. And those have been postponed and rescheduled uh, due to um, the Sabres pause right now. But as of their, uh, their last game against Philadelphia, the Bruins have scored now 36 goals in 11 games of those 36 goals. 19 of them have been in the third period. Uh, Like you said, Lauren, they are uh, coming back, from uh, you know multiple goal deficits uh, almost every game. Uh, it, it's been crazy third periods for this team. You hope that they can maybe start a little bit better and, uh, and start playing from ahead. Uh, it would be nice for, uh, for their fans to not have to have their hearts in their throats uh, and play a lot of o- OT games. But yeah, they've certainly been um, very, very impressive. Um, I'm going to address, uh, you know, L- Lauren, uh, uh, already mentioned it. I'm going to address the Senators issue, but I'm going to go to Haley first. I want to hear uh, who has impressed and uh, and also um, disappointed Haley over the last week or so. Uh, well, obviously my disappointment in the Flyers just because they cannot beat the Bruins. <laughs> Literally, if that was the one thing that would keep them in the season, they would be kicked out multiple times over now. Um, so not, not happy about them. Um, and I feel like the Sharks just over the last like two seasons now I've been very big disappointment I feel like they have talent but for some reason well they have talent but they have a goaltending issue so I feel like they never address that goaltending issue and so it's just a disappointment each week at this like rate that I want them to do better because my husband's a Sharks fan and just supporting him in that that they're not like my favorite team or anything but I just want them to do better. They have some great talent on their team, and they just don't really show that they have that. As for teams that are more surprising, yeah, I feel like everybody, not everybody, because I said the Bruins would make the playoffs, and I think Lauren said they would too. Um, But some of us on this show said that they wouldn't um, this season, so I feel like the Bruins, of course, have been a team to surprise a lot of fans who just assumed that they were going to do bad because of changes that were made in the off season. But I feel like they always find a way and obviously they're top in the East right now and just making the Flyers fans cry. So that definitely them um, and Lauren's still mine. I was going to say the Panthers because I'm like, I never hear about the Panthers ever. Like they just aren't on my radar and they're number two in the central. So you're like, whoa, where where did you come from? And we'll have to see if they, they stick with that or if that's just kind of like a fluke. But as for now, that's it. No, uh, very well said, very well summarized. It's been, yeah, it, it, and it's tough too when you have teams that have been 
had their season paused, like the Panthers were one of those teams. Uh, but, you know, they, they were hot out the gate. They were paused, and now uh, they're hot once again. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's, it's been surprising because that's not a team that you really expected to see much coming into the season. As for me, uh, I all right, so like Lauren said, I, I have to give props to Montreal. I kept thinking that maybe this would come to an end. They'd cool off a little bit after their hot start. No, they're, they're for real. Uh, so through 12 games, they are 8-2-2. Two, and two. They've scored 48 goals uh, to this point, uh, averaging four a game. Like They are scoring like crazy. Uh, Carey Price is still Carey Price. Uh, I mean, they're in a. I think I projected that they would finish maybe like fourth or fifth in, in this division. Like I, I really didn't think that they were going to stand out to this point. And yeah, uh, you know, more than a fifth of the way through their season, they're looking like uh, one of the teams to beat along with Toronto in that division. I mean, th- those two teams could be on a collision course. Uh, so Toronto and Montreal have definitely impressed me. I feel like you got to put a little bit of an asterisk next to Toronto uh, to any Leafs fans who are listening. Uh, we love you, but I'm going to twist the knife a little bit. Like. Uh, you don't have the Bruins in your division. The boogeyman is out, out of your way. And so, of course, you're having success. You know, you don't have to go through Boston or Tampa. You know, this is, this is fraudulent if you win the Scotia North Division. Um, but, listen, I, I just have to address it. The Ottawa Senators, Ottawa, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I should have remembered my power and my influence. Uh, as very well noted, I nearly reverse jinxed the Dallas Stars, to a Stanley Cup victory. And I believe I have reverse jinxed you. I said that you were one of the the teams to beat in the Scotia North. I had you as a a surprise playoff team. And they are now 1-8-1 in their last 10 games. Uh, They had rattled off, I believe, seven consecutive losses. They've given up 52 goals in 12 games. Uh, That's four and a half a game. It has not been good in Ottawa. I, I, I am so sorry. I did not realize in my attempts to try and sneak you in as a surprise playoff team, pat myself on the back, that I was actually doing you a disservice. So I'm going to attempt to reverse this. Uh, the Senators are going to be so awful that they finish with the number one pick in the uh, 2021 NHL draft. So, Ottawa, you're welcome in advance, wink, wink. Uh, but, yeah, just... Very, very disappointed by them. I'm also very disappointed by Vancouver. Uh, so Vancouver has actually played the most games. They played 15 games. They are six and nine. When you have played three or four more games than some of the teams in your division, and you trail them in the standings, that's bad. Uh, and you know we are a, a Thatcher Demko podcast. Uh, you know we uh, we very much in support of the young man. Uh, and you know Braden Holtby is um, is starting there as well, but I mean they've they've got a minus eleven goal differential. They've allowed sixty goals. They they have the worst goaltending situation in the entire NHL, and that's worse than Pittsburgh. We talked about how bad Pittsburgh's was. Uh, they've given up far more goals than Pittsburgh. So just super super disappointing. But um, you know, as for teams that have impressed me. I think it's just obligatory. We need to mention Tampa, Tampa defending champs. Uh, they have, uh, you know, they've only played nine games yet. They lead their division. Uh, it's listen, it, it's obligatory. We have to mention it. Uh, no one loves Tampa. Uh, in fact, I would go as far to say that I greatly dislike them, but 
they're looking very much like a contender once again. Uh, Dallas, Dallas is currently out of the playoff picture only because they've played fewer games. They're actually only a point out of a playoff spot, uh, despite the fact that they've played four or five fewer games than some of the other teams in their division. The Central Division is going to have to make up a lot of games in uh, in April uh, to, just to be able to finish up and decide who's going to make the postseason. But Dallas has been very good. I'm very, very pleased with how they've played. And, yeah, I mean, uh, obligatory. I mentioned the Bruins as well, as, as Lauren said. Uh, this team, they actually started 8-1-2 last year as well. Uh, so they another 8-1-2 start currently on top of the uh, Mass Mutual East Division. Tuca, I'm going to take my victory lap on Tuca. Uh, he has come back better than ever. Also going to take a victory lap if anyone doesn't already follow me on Twitter during Bruins games. I was a early investor in Nick Ritchie stock. Nick Ritchie uh, was a much maligned player by Bruins fans in last year's postseason. I stuck with him, and Nick Ritchie has been exceptional for the Bruins. He's got four goals already, has uh, played on the second line. He's provided the physical presence. He's been fantastic. So Nick Ritchie shares are have doubled, tripled in value uh, since the stock market's very big these days in conversation. Uh, very pleased with Nick Ritchie. And so uh, I'm talking about a player that has uh, has surprised me uh, in, a, in a positive way. So uh, Nick Ritchie, thank you very much for your performance this season. And I, the very last thing that I'll mention on this note is I just need to mention the Edmonton Oilers. They're currently sitting in a playoff position. They're the, the fourth seed in the Scotia North, you are, you need to figure out your goaltending situation. You are wasting Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McJesus. I mean, McDavid has 24 points in 12 games. Dreisaitl is right behind him. He has 22 points in 12 games. These are superhuman statistics these guys are, are putting up. But you are negative one in goal differential. You can't keep the puck out of your own net despite having superstars all on your roster. Get it together, uh, because you know they, if not for the disappointing play of Ottawa, Calgary, Vancouver, they wouldn't be in a playoff position as of right now. So maybe they'll get it together. Maybe they'll bolster their goaltending situation at the deadline. But as of right now, I'm just so, so disappointed. Whew. All right. That was a mouthful. Uh, so before we wrap things up, I did want to uh, you know, see if my crew had any empty netters for us this evening. Uh, anything, uh, closing thoughts to wrap up our show before we went around and said uh, and told our listeners where you can all be found online. So, uh, Lauren, I'll actually start with you. Yeah, um, I just wanted to be known that every Bruins game that I have covered this season, they have won. I may have just jinxed myself, but... Um, I'm going strong, and it's always seems like I don't think I've had a, a like a blowout win. I don't think I have. I may have had like that five one win. I can't remember now, but it's it's a streak that I am holding proudly, and that I am going to take it to my grave if this continues. I'm going to take it to my grave for a long time because this is I think like five or six games, and then a coworker of mine has. Two under her belt that they've won, and then the my other two coworkers on the night team have unfortunately dealt with losses, so they're no longer allowed to cover it. But we're gonna keep the streak alive. So let's see if we can keep it going for another week. Yeah, it's it, again. If you're not following Lauren on Twitter, she's gonna tell you where uh, to do that in a minute. But you need to because uh, you know the 
the minute a Bruins game ends, uh, she'll post uh, their record and then her, the link to her, uh, her coverage, uh, like within minutes, uh, not, not even like seconds, 30 seconds. Uh, so it's very, very impressive. You have it down to an art form, Lauren. And, uh, I, I just, I'm very impressed by it. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, let's see if the Bruins can, you know, have a, a game that does not come down to an empty netter or, uh, or, <laughs> or overtime for Lauren to cover just, uh, you know, for her own sanity. I mean, I might have to contact her on certain game days. That's all I'm saying. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, Haley, how about yourself? Do you have an empty netter for us this evening? Eh, as disappointing as the Flyers have been about uh, against the Bruins, I'm still looking forward to Lake Tahoe and those games. So that's that's about it. Just saying, like, uh, I can't wait to see how that looks. It's going to be beautiful. I love uh, That's one of my bucket list places is. Um, Lake Tahoe, so I'm excited. Yeah, Lake Tahoe's on my list as well. Uh, I've uh, I actually, following the announcement that the NHL is going to be playing some outdoor games there, I decided to you know read up and learn more about it, and I didn't realize how amazing it is there. Like how it's actually cold enough to be a ski destination, uh, yet uh, you know you can do other normal weather outdoor stuff there too. Uh, so I'm. Super, super excited for that outdoor series. I hope that we're able to do some sort of a, st- a live stream, not for the Bruins-Flyers matchup, because that will be uh, very uh, highly contested, uh, but the uh, Golden Knights uh, game the day before. would love to see if we can do a stream, Snipe and Sally stream for uh, for that one, because uh, you know that a neutral site, neutral, neutral game, I, w- I would love to see that. But my empty netter... Uh, again, it, it, it uh, relates to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I, I mentioned it uh, a little bit uh, too early, but uh, yeah, I just I was blown away by <laughs> the numbers that uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl have been putting up. Uh, the, the, each of them had like six or seven point games. Uh, like, I mean, this is they are wasting generational talent. I just I cannot stress enough how much this team needs to address. It's goaltending situation because you are blowing a golden opportunity, uh, especially this season uh, in this realigned format. Uh, But also, my New York Islanders. Guys, I went out on a limb for you. Uh, You know, I've always grabbed you on the podcast. I picked you to make the playoffs. And you've scored 23 goals in 10 games. Uh, You're one of the toughest teams to score on, but you can't score any goals. I need to see goals out of you. All right, Islanders? I need you to step things up uh, because I, you can't have me look bad. Uh, so maybe I need to, again, reverse jinx. Uh, you guys are going to finish in last place. You'll finish even behind uh, the Rangers in Buffalo. Uh, so good luck to the Islanders. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, wishing them luck the rest of the way. Uh, love that organization. But with that being said, I want to wrap up our show and wanted to go around to both of my line mates and uh, let – have them let our listeners know where they can be found online. So, Lauren, as I referenced before, for anyone who wants to read your Bruins coverage on Nesson uh, when the NWHL does resume play, uh, your coverage of that league, and anything else that you do, uh, where can they find you? Where they, can they listen to you? Uh, you know, if they cannot get enough Lauren, where can they find you? I can find me on Twitter at la 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 Lauren, three laws, and then Lauren with four R's. Um, you can find all my work on Nesson.com. I've been on the Nesson Bruins podcast for the last month, so I've been on that as well. You can find me on the Stealing Second podcast on FTF. Um, 
again another week and another trying to figure out when we're going to record. Um, then you can also find me on any social media, la 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 Lauren. Uh, just find me on Twitter. That's that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Yeah. And again, cannot recommend Lauren's uh, coverage for Nesson enough. Even if you are not a Bruins fan, uh, you'll appreciate the coverage. Uh, and uh, it, it's just a, a she's an excellent follow. And we are lucky to have her on the podcast. Uh, Haley, where can all of our listeners find you? Uh, maybe even some newer shows that uh, have just started here on the FTF Network. Oh, man. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CSI Haley or on TikTok at CSI Haley 91. I will be doing a lot of promoting podcasts on there as well. So if that's a site that you're pretty addicted to and scroll through a lot, then go follow me on there, too, because I, I also do that same thing. Um, and then one for the girls pod, you can follow at the number one for the girls pod on Twitter, which possibly is having a name change soon. So just stick with it. Make sure you're following them so that you see that happening. And also uh, Gridiron Girls, which Mark was just talking about. Brand new show. You can follow us on Twitter at Girls Gridiron or on Instagram at Gridiron Girls Pod. And we are two episodes in. We will be doing a Super Bowl recap. We are recording on Monday. It should be out um, just a few days after this, probably. So make sure you go listen to the first two, and then you catch up on what our thoughts on the Super Bowl after. And then um, on ForTheFansMedia.com, I have some blogs on there and uh, some more coming here in the future. Like I said earlier, that's going to be a big place for you to keep up to date with all the changes that are happening and make sure that you're searching for our podcast by their actual name now on all of your streaming platforms. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to going through some changes, but they're all very good ones. And the one thing that will not change is how great the content itself is that we share with you. So uh, thank you very much, Haley. As for myself, I can be found on Twitter at MarkPaselli13, that is P-I-S-E-L-L-I. You can find me on One for the Girls Pod along with Haley and the other wonderful ladies there. You can also find me on NerdPod uh, talking about WandaVision and some of the amazing stuff that uh, we're getting right now on Disney+. Plus. I'm getting withdrawals. We just had the last WandaVision episode. I already want to see the next one. Uh, Marvel knows what they're doing. I can't wait a week. I, 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 I need it now. I need instant gratification. Uh, so uh, definitely check out all of our thoughts uh, from our crew on, uh, on NerdPod. And definitely check out ForTheFansMedia.com. Uh, you know, the website is where you're going to find a lot of the links to our podcasts on our new distribution uh, networks. Uh, you can read articles there. You can see video blogs uh, from Haley's mom. Uh, you know, if you have a, a dog at home, you don't want them to be eating those boring store-bought dog biscuits anymore. Uh, Haley's mom is going to teach you how to make the most delicious dog biscuits. I'm assuming. I, I'm not going to try them myself. Uh, I'm assuming that they're delicious because you the, could you know, just add sugar to yours if you're going to eat them, but not to your dogs. There you go. See, so you can make them for yourself too. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely check out ForTheFansMedia.com. With that being said, that is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, so have a good morning, afternoon, night, how, whenever you're listening. Uh, we appreciate your support as always, and we look forward to facing off next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.